Welcome back to the PO3 Podcast. My name is Marcus Marks. Just John. What's going on, dude? What's going on, man? You good? I'm just tired, honestly. Tired? But, yeah. Like mentally. So we were going to talk about that right before uh, we started. You asked me a question, but I was like, let's just save it real quick. Oh, okay, okay. About the uh, medication? Mm-hmm. Okay. So how's it going? Uh, like I said, uh, I think I just it's time to up the dose because I, I feel like it's, it's not working, doing anything. So remember that first week we talked about it? Mm-hmm. Where I started it? I was like, I don't know if it's working or if it's placebo or if I'm just baseline. I think I was just baseline. And then obviously a little placebo effect. Uh, I think that's mostly what it was. Or it could have been working and it was just too low of a dose and then my body became immune to it. Because that first week, dude, I was out of it. Like I was dead ass tired, taking naps. I didn't have any strength. Usually like when I go to the gym and I do my cardio, about 15 minutes in, I'm just getting started. And then on my like third day of doing the meds, uh, 15 minutes in, I was dying, dude. I was like ready to quit. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, oh shit. So it affected me pretty hard. And right. then the week after that, uh, it just started wearing off. <clears throat> are you at the dosage that the doctor wants no, to get? No, no, not yet, no. Nah. Are, are where you're at now is just the agreed upon dosage that you both agreed upon or are she still going to be increasing you every so often? This is uh yeah, this is when I told her like, "Hey, it's too fast. Can we dial it down a little bit?" Uh just, just for like, I don't know, just cautionary purposes. I didn't want uh to run the risk even higher of uh, you know, potentially developing that deadly rash that you know that they they talk about now the black is, box warning. But now, is the dosage is, is that directly correlated to the dosage, or is that going to be something that's you're either going to get it or you're not? Yeah, it's it's almost directly correlated to the dosage, and obviously how you're gonna just some people react to it, some people don't. They recommend highly. I've said it before, but you have to be careful, very careful of how you dose this up. Is there now the dosage? Um, is there like a any sort of data that that suggests like once you get to this threshold of dosage, you're more likely to develop this rash or? Well, the weird thing about this medication is you can develop it coming off of it, which you got to be super careful with, or you could develop it from anywhere from four weeks into it or to six months. So, so we'll know in six months. So within that time frame, yeah, I mean, you should be able to know, but it just sucks because you don't know. So you could be at your prescribed dose, your goal dose, uh, goal dose that they want you to be at. And you could be fine for those, you know, five months and then six months. Uh, you know, some you might start developing something. I don't know. It's just like a guessing game. But I'm guessing I'm going to be fine. You know what I mean? But when, I… Go ahead. I say, when's the, uh, the next uh, increase? So I have an appointment with my doctor tomorrow and on the phone. And we're going to talk about it. And I'm obviously going to tell her, you know, hey, I think, you know, it's wearing off. Because I'm, I'm definitely feeling the side effects of like depression and just coming back, you know, it's not really doing anything. I just feel everything how I, I did before I started taking the meds. Um, so you're, you're back at the baseline that you were prior to being on the medications, you feel like? Yeah, and I think that first week that we talked, I was just feeling uh, no symptoms of like anything. You know so it was I mean? just like a, a good week for you? It was naturally. just a good week, yeah. And on like top whether, of the, Whether or not you were on the meds, it was just the week that you were going to have that was going to be good regardless. Yeah, and it felt a little better than normally. So I'm guessing… Than normal, I'm guessing. So maybe the meds has something to do with it. And uh, I mean, it's not weird to think that because it's a new substance that I'm taking. And I'm sure it affected me somehow. Obviously, it did physically, but mentally too. But anyway, so tomorrow, hopefully, I can uh, talk to her about, uh, you know, seeing if we can just bump the dose here in a, a few days. Because I'm ready to do it, you know. Because I've, I've only been taking uh, two a day. So at 25 milligrams a piece or something like that. And I think her goal is like 
150 or 100 or something like that. So if it's 100, then I'm halfway there. And if it's 150, then I'm a quarter of the way there. So just go like this. Turn it uh, to the left. Maybe. Yeah, I was. It was just wasn't working. I want to get new stands eventually. Well, it sucks to to hear that you're kind of in this stall, it sounds like. I'll you know, be, we're not yeah, you're ahead. not really noticing any sort of benefits. It's so it's to be expected though, because what she told me, and this is verbatim, it's not gonna work this way. <laughs> so I mean, I guess she was right. She was the doctor, but I still wanted to be What, what do you know, mean? Like it's gonna it's not gonna have like an instant Well, it's just she just said like it's not gonna work this way. We have to dose it up at the way that I'm telling you to oh, do it. Oh, you mean that the rate that build- you wanted to take it, it's not going to have the desired effects because it's yeah. too low of a dosage. Yeah. So she was trying to say like, do it at what I'm telling you to do it at and it'll have the effects that you want it to have. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I'm such a… I mean, at the same time, she commended me for it and I heard this from the other doctor too because they were happy that I was doing my research and being cautionary about it and that I'm actually looking into what I'm putting into my body. Because they were like, dude, most people that uh, we give this stuff to, they don't look, they don't even know what it's for, what it does, or, you know, they don't look up any side effects of it or what it's supposed, you know, how it's going to affect you. And I did more than my handful of research or, you know, my share of research. And they were happy about that. But at the same time, she was like, it's not going to work though. So I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm ready to go to the next step now, but I haven't got off it. So I, I've been That's taking good. it, haven't missed a dose or anything. And it's just like the first, uh, like two weeks, I was still freaked out a little bit. And I don't know if it was coincidence or whatever. But um, I was editing a podcast. And I was just sitting there. And dude, I haven't had anxiety. And I'm talking about like since I was like 15. I'm talking like a long time. And I'm talking like a panic attack. Where, you know, my heart rate starts going. Sweaty palms, tunnel vision, all that stuff. Uh, I haven't had that in years. I was editing the podcast. And out of nowhere, dude, I'm just sitting there. And my arms got all tingly. And then… I started feeling really anxious and I got up and then I was like, what the fuck? And it wouldn't go away, dude. I was like, why am I feel like it, ha- it wasn't contributed to anything? You know, I wasn't thinking if anything, I was distracted because I was editing the podcast, trying to pay attention. And all of a sudden I just started feeling anxiety, dude. Like not a lot. It wasn't full blown, but I could feel like if I let it go any further and I start thinking too much into it, it could turn into something. Um, so I was like, fuck, dude, I hope it's not affecting me negatively, you know, because this never happens. So it's got to be due to um, the medication, right? And so I was like, I picked up the phone because I was here by myself. So I hit up my boy and he lives across the street from me. I was like, hey, you home right now, dude? Because I'm like, I'm not feeling good. So like if I happen to pass out or something, I don't want to be alone. So I went over there. And I was just sitting there and we were talking. And then uh, I started to feel better, right? Just, you know, starting to talk to somebody. And then I came home probably like two hours later. And I don't know if it was coincidence or what, but I was coming up the stairs. I got lightheaded. And then when I came into the house, I looked at the uh, thermostat to turn it on and I lost my footing, dude. Like I was going to fall or something like that. So I almost felt like fell over and it felt weird. And then when it happened, I was like, what the fuck was that, dude? Like, like I don't know if it was just a coincidence or what, but uh, that was one of the side effects that I felt. Is that one of the known side effects of this medication? <sighs> I think uh, like uh, clumsinesses and like loss of coordination sometimes. But so it could have been something like that, you know, which I de- I noted all my side effects and everything. And I got to talk to my doctor about it because I wanted to be real specific. But other than that, really nothing. So the first two weeks I was freaked out. And then these last um, couple weeks, just really, I kind of forgot I was even taking them, you know. I even, part of your routine? Just yeah, it's just routine. part of my routine now. I'm still getting crazy dreams, but it's like whatever, like, you know, I'll take it. Like I said, 
But other than that, though, it's just, it's not, I can feel it not working now. It's pretty cool that you're actually documenting, you know, like, I'm sure you, like, what, I don't know if you took physical notes with a pen and paper or if you just jotted it down on your the on notes phone. on your phone. But it's still pretty cool, though, that you're, you know, that way you're not sitting there just trying to do it based off recollection. You know what I'm saying? You might forget a symptom or two that maybe the doctor would, not, you know, need to hear to make me some adjustments or whatever. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I think I, you're handling it well. I have to because I'll forget, you know, because there's always those times where you're on the phone and there's so many things that are going on in your head. You're you're going to forget something. So it's like, it's better just to write it down, you know. So I wrote, I wrote down everything that I was feeling. Um, and it wasn't really anything out of the ordinary, which was good. So I was uh, pretty happy uh, about that. I was like, well, I guess, um, I mean, not that there was nothing to be afraid of because it was a big step, but I'm glad that I went through with it. I saw it through and I'm going to keep doing it until I get the desired effects. Hopefully, you know, like I said, I just want it to be a one and done. But these last couple of weeks, man, I just been out of it. I just been like, honestly, like last week, I'm glad that the uh, we weren't able to do the podcast because it was a holiday, you know, um, so I didn't have the place to myself. But I was happy because I wasn't feeling good at all. Like I was just like, I kind of needed this break anyway, you know, just mentally because I, I, I wanted to... Uh, you know, put in a good workout and just kind of be be to myself, you know, and I didn't want to be preaching the same thing. Like, I don't want every podcast to be about me and how depressed, like, you know, I want to ask you stuff too. You know, <laughs> I don't want it to be just about me. No, I got you. I got you. And so on your end, how are you doing? Uh, pretty good, bro. Um, Last week, I started my meal prep. I started doing it. Yeah. Uh, actually, today, at some point, I'm going to head down to the store and grab some... Uh, I don't know if you ever had it. They sell it at uh, Panda. It's called their Super Greens. It's like kale, broccoli, and some cabbage. Mm. And uh, they're um, they're lightly steamed, so they don't, they're not fully cooked. I guess full fully cooked uh, vegetables lose all their nutrients, so they're just like they still have some crunch. They're still vibrant in color. And uh, I went online and found um, some people that did like a remake recipe of it. It's super simple, just like a little bit of butter, some minced uh, garlic and ginger. And then lightly steaming them, bro. It's like you're done in like 10, 15 minutes to make them. So I'm going to do that and grill up some more chicken. And uh, my goal is to go from fat to chubby. That's my goal. How but. about, you're not really, you're not fat, but how about from where you're at now to in shape? Well, I mean, I'm I'm uh, making incremental, you know, adjustments. You don't, so you don't want to put too much mental pressure on yourself? No, just, just if I, I feel uh, just with me being as active as I am and trying to get a little bit more active and then changing up the diet, you know, because again, like uh, my diet was, I'm going to eat what's in front of me, you know, so now if I'm actually just, you know, getting a couple ounces of some rice and some vegetables and some, you know, chicken and stuff, uh, that'll be enough to kind of start making some changes, you know, and then, you know, then I'll just slowly kick it up here and there and just, you know, ramp up the intensity. But I'm not going to come running at this like I did in the past where it's just like 110%, you know, just, hey, you know what, just little changes here and there. And uh, once I get comfortable with those, because like now it's to the point where a lot of other foods aren't really sounding um, appealing. Uh, like fast foods and yeah, stuff? Yeah, like it's just like I'm back. I, I want my chicken. How, want my how, long you, how long have you been doing this? Oh, it's only been for last week. I started last week on... Uh, Wednesday nights when I when I barbecued up my stuff and but but that's good though dude because like you said for you the hardest part was get, just getting the ball rolling yeah actually it was funny because I was going to barbecue prior to coming to Fresno to you know hang out with my girlfriend and uh, my stepdad had some steaks he wanted to grill up and I was like hey well I'm gonna grill up my stuff anyway and his 
the grilling up his steaks took longer than I anticipated, and I was already cutting into a lot of time that I was supposed to spend with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I I ended up just making his stuff and doing a couple other things, and then leaving. And I got back home like at one one o'clock in the morning, one thirty, and I was like, dude, if I don't do this now, I'm not gonna do it before I wake up and go to work. So, there I was at fucking one thirty in the morning, turning on my my smoker and getting my chicken going. Your neighbor's like, I smell cookies. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I'm glad I did it. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. um, you know, I packed up my couple meals for work. Um, did it and had left, you know, I made a significant quantity just to get me through the work week. You know what I'm saying? That's usually when I eat whatever's available. So you're going to be doing the same thing every, like all week? Because I, I have basically the same meal every single night yeah, I, like, and day. I'm going to change it up between some red meat. Um, I know back in the past when I was doing when you my, hit it hard, get that red meat. When I well, when I was hitting it real hard, I was eating a lot of red meat. And uh, well, this disclaimer could be a little TMI, but it was like uh, a lot of red meat can make it hard to digest and can lead to constipation. Yeah, and so, that, so these were things that I was like experiencing when I was eating a lot of red meat. So then I dialed it back to more chicken and and a bunch of the bodybuilders I follow. They say, hey, like red meat does have these effects on you. Um, so. You want to have mostly a chicken and a fish diet. And then maybe a couple times a week, you want to throw in some red meats as well. You know, to kind of break it up, to you know, to break up the, the the monotony of just chicken. You know what I'm saying? But I was talking with my stepdad about it. And he goes, dude, you can eat the same meals. I do. Like, I have no problem eating the same meal. You know what I'm saying? As a matter of fact, I look forward to it. You know, if that makes sense. So, And um, you know what's funny, too, is like after you get your workout done, when you get your meal in you, you're like, that was actually good because you're, you're craving it. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, like… Um, like last night, I went on a little movie di- uh, day with my girl, and uh, we were supposed to go out for like a early lunch or a late lunch, and um, we we're gonna go to House of Juju out there in Old Town. Mm. Really good, you know, burger joint, and uh, you know, she ended up going out with a, one of her friends and stuff, and you know, so she's like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna make it. Hey, no big deal." But so I ended up getting some Carl's Jr. last night, dude. But it just left me feeling like. It's just it's crazy. Yeah, just a couple of days of doing eating, trying to eat clean, and then switching to that just makes you yeah feel like butt, you know. So, um, yeah, like today I'm gonna when I get when we're done here, I'm gonna go to the store, grab my kale mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and make my little concoction. Again, I'm not trying to eat like uh, super super clean. Like you know, it's just gonna be plain. Like I, I want to enjoy my food. I'm not like I said, I'm not in a place where I'm not. I don't foresee myself being in a place where I'm gonna be just like. Counting carbs and counting, you know, counting my macros and stuff like that. Like I'm I not feel trying like to it'll that. turn that into that though. Unintent- if, it un- le- if it leads there, then I'm 100 percent with it. But right now, I'm just trying to like I said just incremental steps. Get you know the snowball effect. Yeah, I start off with a little ball and just push it down the hill, and eventually it's gonna gain momentum and start, you know. Well, the, with the more strength and uh, obviously discipline and be- it becoming more of your routine, like your day to day routine, it'll just event- I think it'll just happen on its own unintentionally. Oh yeah, because it'll just get easier, right? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I, I'm not opposed to the idea. It's just like right now, that's not my goal. And should I walk into that door yeah. at some point in the future, then I'm all for it. But just right now, just say, hey, just change the diet up, try to eat cleaner, trying to be more conscious of what I'm actually ingesting. And I feel like that enough, you know, that alone will, you know, have a have a desired effect. Maybe not to the extreme that it would, where I want to be, but, you know, it's, it's, I'm starting on the right path, you know, so. That's good, man. Fuck. I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't know you were going to do it this soon because I know you were talking about it. But what I really recommend, though, dude, I mean, you've seen the way I do my vegetables, right? And my kale. Mm-hmm. 
Like uh, I have it stored in the uh, the, oh, crispers. the crispers. Yeah. Yeah. I so what I'll do is go to the grocery store or whenever I need. But what I, like if I'm out of everything, I'll buy a big old thing of kale, big old thing of broccoli, a bunch of chicken, rice if I need it, and then whatever wherever else I want to snack on, you know. Um, but I'll wash all my kale, all my broccoli. I'll cut everything up, and then I'll put it in those crispers. That way, all I got to do for the week is uh pull it out and my chicken. I cook it in a pressure cooker. So all I really got to do is just thaw it out like I'm doing right now and cut it in half. And then when it's time to cook, I just throw it in the pressure cooker for nine minutes and it, and it finishes it. And then the rice, we got a rice cooker that cook, uh, cooks veggies and the rice at the same time. So at the same time I got that going, the chicken, I'm doing the rice. Yeah, I think so, I'm going to be getting myself a better… Dude, our rice cooker looks like it was built in like the fucking… Yeah, just 50, get a new one. In the 50s, bro. So… Yeah, like you said, I didn't know that they had… Like, I know our particular rice cooker has the ability to steam, you know, uh, vegetables. I didn't know that it was a one that you could do at the same time. So, I'm definitely going to try to get one that's that I know for a fact can do that because that would just save some time. I'll just show you the one that I have and it's, it's the same exact thing. I don't know if you want a little bigger, but it's perfect for just like broccoli because I'm cool with just broccoli, rice, and chicken. Like, I'm good on that. If I want to switch it up, I'll do like green beans or uh, what is it? Uh, asparagus and just throw it in the oven. You know, I'll put uh, olive oil, I'll put salt, pepper, a little yep, bit of Cajun, so paprika, mm -hmm. and then I'll put um, garlic powder, you know. Yeah, actually, um, uh, there's this guy I recommend. Um, it's a barbecue channel, so this guy makes, I mean, hearty meals, dude. Just like stuff that'll probably get your cholesterol. If you were to go to the doctor after you eat this meal, they're going to tell you you're going to die in like an hour. But he has this, this rub. It's called his uh, AP rub, all-purpose rub. Literally all it is is salt, pepper, garlic. And I like it because I don't have to sit there and ratio out, you know, this many parts, you know, salt to this many parts pepper to this many parts, you know, uh, granulated uh, uh, um, garlic powder. It's already prepackaged. It's like 10 bucks, bro. And then he sells like a five-pound bag for like 40 bucks. So I'm just going to get that. But that's what I did for my – I did asparagus this past week. It's good. So I just freaking put it in a Ziploc bag, jumped some uh, olive oil in there, Hit it with a couple, like maybe like a tablespoon, if that. Maybe like a table, half a tablespoon of the AP rub. Sat there, mixed it all together, and I was grilling the chicken. I grilled up the asparagus. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to do baking or put stuff in the oven. It's I like, just so easy. You just set it for 425 I, I, minutes. I love the uh, the grill. The you grill taste. The crunch. Well, I, I still get the crunch in the oven, but it is a different taste. I, I, like, I like the charred, you know, stuff when the ends get a little, little yeah. charred. So I'll be doing all my grills. It's not a big deal. It, it took me seriously like 20... It probably took me longer to like prep the chicken, you know, uh -huh. with my rubs and stuff just to get it going. And uh, then it was actually, I spent all time grilling, so. Yeah, and then too, like, because you mentioned kale, I don't know, like, some people do eat it like that, like kind of like a salad form. But what I like to do is I have mine uh, every every morning, not like right when I wake up, but like a couple hours into me, you know, if I feel like I'm getting hungry, like I just finished one when you got here. Because um, I was, yeah, I was hungry. I was like, dude, because when you're eating clean, there's only so much you can eat, like. If you don't prep your food, then you're just going to have to cook something, right? And I'm tired of oatmeal. I don't really like oatmeal that much, to be honest. So what I'll do is I'll throw it into my shake, right? So I'll put like a half a cup. But I'll, I'll get my… And I recommend getting a Ninja Blender too for that because it comes with the cups. So all you got to do, you just drink it straight out of the cup after you blend it. Um, comes with a lid and everything. But I get my kale in there and I'll put a banana. And then I'll put… Uh, if I'm working out, like, if, uh, like an hour before, say, I'll throw my creatine in there. And then, um, what else do I put? I put, I freeze my blueberries, the ones I buy at the store and the strawberries. I'll freeze them, put them in ba bags, wash them and all that. Throw those in there. They act as like ice cubes. So after you're done with your, your shake, it's like ice cold. It's like perfect. 
then I'll put obviously the water and then um, I'll put ginger, get some fresh ginger, slice that up. And I'll put that on my kale shake, dude. And it's just, it kind of fills you up for a few hours. And that's good. That, that way, by the time I hit my workout, I at least got some carbs and then I'll throw my uh, oatmeal in there, you know, if I'm really hungry, which, because I'm not a fan of oatmeal, but I mean, it's it's just so, it's just so convenient. I think that's about, that's what you have to do in order to make this whole thing work is just make it convenient for you. Otherwise, if you, if you feel like you're going out of your way to prep your food every day and cook it, and if it, if it starts becoming an inconvenience, then you're going to, you're going to fall off. Oh, yeah, that's so, I mean, I'll get like, um, you know, when I do my, my, like my version of meal prep, it'll be a cut like at least six, seven, eight meals worth of food in one shot. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to do it probably today to get me through this week. And then I, start, I go back to work on Thursday. And then so on Thursday I'll, or Wednesday night, I'll probably do another set to get for, you know, to get me through the work week itself. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, everything's going pretty good though, man. You know, and I'm happy I started it. You know what I'm saying? I, I look forward to my meals. Well, fuck. So, uh, hopefully, uh, couple months into this we got to hit the gym you know afterwards yeah so. that's 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 in my it's in the cards to me it's just um like i said i'm not trying to go zero to 100 and it don't gotta be that dude yeah it's just you know, you know just like i said just one thing here at a time i'm gonna start riding my bike again you know i want to go try to get in my car and drive around like hey doing this particular path is gonna get me like two miles in you know or, you know and stuff i want to start with like that because uh yeah, last the first time I got my bike and I went and rode it, I was like, "Holy crap!" Like you're you're out of it. Oh, dude, it was just like I almost wanted to leave my bike on the, <laughs> the sidewalk and just walk home. I was like, "This sucks," you know. So, um, yeah, I just want to get into baby steps, just get a little bit more active here and there. You know what I'm saying? And then eventually, it'll I'll get you know I'll build that tolerance for two one mile, two miles, then I'll increase to three, and then four, and then you know so on and so forth. You know, so that's kind of my. My goal is just to get just increments, you know, just slow steps park, you know, going forward and stuff. Because I'm coming from a very, very uh, work and then nothing lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? So so you're not just not active. Yeah. So I don't want to, you know, turn myself off of it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just trying to, hey, you know what? I don't want to find a reason or give myself a reason to to say, hey, you know what? I was pretty tired from yesterday, so I won't do it today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I noticed too, like it just… If you do happen to have a cheat day, it's just you feel a lot better when you ha you feel like you earned it, mm -hmm. you know, versus because you get tired of the same thing, like, or eating fast food all the time. I know I got tired of it. I was sick of it. I was just mentally, physically, everything. So when I started, you know, doing my diet and stuff, I looked forward and actually didn't even crave those cheat days. Like when they would come around, I would just kind of do them for my fiance just to give her a break, you know, because we like to have meals together and stuff. But that's how it started for me, too. I just little by little, I told myself, then I'm not going to go in there and overtrain because that's going to just scare me away from it. And usually people make that mistake. They try to, like, when they get back in the gym, they try to do, like, a whole workout regimen. And this is, like, your body's not conditioned yet to do yeah. that. You got to, like I said, I took the first two weeks just to diet and stretch. And then I started, you know, working out slowly. And uh, when I first started, I couldn't even do. I could, but it was a struggle, like 20 push-ups. And I was doing them in sets of, like, 20 and 15. And I would only do, like, three or four sets. It was just like next to nothing, you know. And now I could just bang out a set, set of push-ups or 50. And like no, no big deal, you know, for the first set. And then just go from… Then I'll do like 10 sets of those, you know. And then… Uh, but this these past couple weeks, though, since I've been feeling like super down, um, I haven't been working out as much as I wanted. I probably only worked out like three times last week. And then uh, this weekend, I didn't do anything. And then uh, worked out 
probably like probably Thursday, I think, or something like that. And then today I'm gonna I've got to work out today. But I just I don't know, dude. I just I haven't been feeling it because also the medication's been making me tired and fatigued. So that just that was just another thing that you know wanted to keep me in bed. Like I usually never nap, but I've I've been catching myself just wanting to nap, you know. So uh, I have to start today and get back on it. I haven't fallen off, but I've I've taken more cheat days than I would like to, and um, I'm seeing progress. But I know I'm not anywhere near where I I could have been, you know. But like I said, this is for the long term, so it's really not going to affect me. Like this is going to be something that's ongoing. It's not like I. You're gonna do it for uh, get get to where you want to be, and then and then taper off, and then you know you just, you just want to make this your lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like I missed a deadline or anything, mm-hmm. even though it feels like that in my head. Like when I do take cheat days or when I take a day off of working out, I usually listen to my body. But I know if it if it's because of like depression or something like that, it it weighs on me. I'm like, damn, dude, like I I should have done that. You know, most of the time, like if I'm just tired, like physically, I can push through that. But like when it's like mentally, uh. It's way different for me. So, and then there's, there are times too where I do push through that. But, uh, I don't know. These last couple of weeks, I haven't really been where I wanted. Like, I think I only did cardio, uh, I think last Tuesday or something like that. And that's when I, I, I was really feeling the effects from the meds. And, uh, I was like, all right, well, let me give myself some time to get conditioned and, and used to this, this medication before I go back in and try and hit it as hard as I was. Cause I'm just, there's, for me, there's no point in doing it if I'm not gonna do it right. You know, I have to put in the the correct form and everything. So I'd rather I'd rather just wait till I'm feeling good because I I like to listen to my body and I think that's important. You have to listen to what your body's telling you. Like, oh yeah, <clears throat> I remember. Um, I was what? I don't know, maybe like eighteen, nineteen. It was like when I first got into the gym and I was first having my dramatic um, increase, you know, in some size and strength and whatnot, and and. Uh, this was before, I mean, this was years before I knew, like, what proper form and technique would be. And you always hear people preaching about it, but, like, I was just, like, doing bro bro workouts, dude, you know? And so I had uh, some pretty good chest development, shoulder development and stuff, but that was the only, like, chest, shoulders, and arms, and sometimes back, and zero legs, you know, was, like, my, my workout routine. And because of the poor technique that I had, I started developing some pretty bad shoulder uh, pains. And just touches on we're talking about listening to your body. Obviously, you know your your bench press and you were you, you know. Were you feeling it more in your shoulders when you would bench? Uh, like was it? Were you struggling no, in your shoulders? It was. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Like I had, like I had some pain, so I wasn't. Uh, my I wasn't. I don't remember exactly what I was doing wrong at this point because it's been. You know, over, over 10 years now but i know what i was doing wasn't working because well i although i had good development or decent development in my chest and in my my delts um you shouldn't be having pain and if you do have pain you either need to change things up or you need to slow it down you know what i'm saying but my thing was i always carried a bottle of tylenol or advil in my bag and i would pop a few before i do my workouts to get me through the workout hmm. you know so talking about listening to your body, I was totally neglecting the cries that my body was literally having, you know, and, and, uh, after, you know, years later when I started, you know, when I had Andrew start teaching me all these different techniques and stuff that of how to properly do bench pressing those, um, I was able to increase, I, I don't think I ever, I think the max I ever got was just under 300 pounds on a single rep, but it was a, it wasn't a clean, 
you know. So I would say I got, I was able to rep out, you know, two plates when I was working out with Andrew. Um, I won't say easily, but I was able to, I was able to go for reps with it. And I think I got to maybe like 255, 260, something around there. But it was, it was like, it was good, clean, and I never had those shoulder pains ever again. You know what I'm saying? So um, no more need for, for you know, for uh, uh, medication for pain, you know, because I changed up the, te- the techniques and it helped significantly. But also when I was, you know, uh, working out and training and I felt something with my body, I wouldn't neglect it. I'd pay attention to it, you know, because I figured, like, you know what, dude, I'm, I'm busting my ass to get to where I'm at. And then if I start not paying attention to these, my body's like, hey, dude, this is not working right now. I hurt myself. Now all that time that I spent to get to where I was just gets turned around because now I'm injured and I can't continue to train. And all the progress I made starts to go backwards. You know what I'm saying? So I've had a, it was a big shift in my mentality, you know, uh, years after, like I told you, those pains in my shoulders were taking place, but you know, you have to listen to your body. It's, it tells you what it wants. It tells you what it doesn't want. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, uh, so yeah, I think it's a big thing is listening to your body. I think it's funny you said that because uh, probably when I, maybe like a month ago, when I started uh, getting a little bit heavier into my chest workouts, I like, you know, the dumbbell workouts. I remember explaining to my fiance, like, I went to go jump rope and I was doing push-ups in between sets. And I was like, why am I feeling shoulder pain right here? Like, I feel like it's burning in it. It doesn't normally burn like that. I was like, I, I've never felt this before. And I, I, I thought it had something to do with the medication. So I was like, damn, like, it's weird that I started taking this medication. And now I'm starting to feel shoulder pain and everything. And then I think I were, I did chest and uh, try like a few days later. And I was the same thing. I went, I laid down on the, the, the bench and I started pushing the, the dumbbells. And probably like five reps into it, I started feeling that burning again. I was like, what the hell is going on? And then I think when I talked to you again about uh, when I was like, you got to push your shoulder blades together up mm-hmm. on, the, on the bench. That's when I found out how to do them actually correctly. And that I, I was lifting with my, my shoulders. And when I started lifting with my chest and squeezing my chest when I was doing it, I didn't, I'd never had shoulder pain again. Yeah, so that, that, that's basically what it comes down to is you want to have these shoulder blades retracted as far as possible. So when you start the, when you start the movement, it's going to… Uh, I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast or maybe several different ones, but the body is really efficient at doing hard tasks. So it's going to recruit other muscle groups that you're mm. that you would otherwise not want to be like you want those muscle groups to be like secondary. Yeah, yeah. The know. pinch hitters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, hey, okay, like so you know, doing the shoulder blade thing helps you Isolate. actually start actually yeah, because it, it's very hard to do um, isolated movements. Most of them are going to be compound movements. You know, you're going to have multiple joints moving at the same time. So, uh, but when you pinch your shoulder blades together, it helps you initiate the movement with the with your chest in this case. Now, are you supposed to squeeze your chest? Uh, all the way through. Okay, cool. All the way through. I've been doing it and I've noticed it's so much harder. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot harder. You, yeah, you want to squeeze from… But I love doing it now because I can actually lift some weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Before, so, I was like on… 15, I was like, dude, my shoulders are burning. Like, what is going on? Like, I got to be doing something wrong. And I was. Yeah, yeah, and that was my my thing. But I was doing it with a lot of weight. Mm, that's horrible. And then that, yeah, th- you were like asking for a strain. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and fortunately, it never came down to that. I did have a shoulder injury <clears throat> that I sustained in, uh, when I was playing paintball. 
I had a ugly dive and the field that I was on. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I, I I can't say they didn't tend to the field, but it was dirt. So when you have paint mixed with the dirt, it makes like this very very sticky, almost like mud like. Um, I don't even know if mud's the way I would Has, categorize it. It was like a I don't want to say a paste, but friction. It, it, it yeah, it caused a lot a lot a lot of friction. So when I dove, like I basically scorpioned because mm-hmm. I didn't slide. Mm-hmm. And when I had my you know I, I dove with my arm out because I had my my marker in my hand. I just went this way and then went over that way, mm-hmm. you know. And I, after I got up, like it was hard to even raise my my uh, arm, like shoulder shoulder height. And so I eventually overcame that. So I was just like, oh, it's just my old injury, just my old injury. And then the other side kind of started happening. So there's still some workouts that I can't do because of that old injury. And I don't know if I like I had like a, tw- a tear in the rotator cuff or something like that. That you know, because they can't really heal those. Those just basically heal on their own. Like you can't go in and do much for that if you were to go to a doctor at least to my from my understanding surgery though no but and unless like because my dad tore i remember him tearing his rotator cuff and then that he i don't think he worked out the same after that again because he used to work out pretty hard and then he tore that and it was just like a long long yeah road. yeah so it, i think that you know there was years in between paintball and then when i started actually going to the gym so i had some time to to fix you know for it to heal um, so I don't know if there was, I should have went to the doctor. I don't know if they would have went, cause I, I'm assuming surgery is going to be dependent on the, the severity of the injury. Yeah. Ob- yeah. It always is. And so I don't know that mine was that severe, um, that they would have even had surgery as an option, but, uh, I don't neglect it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like if I start to feel like, Hey, I got to call it quits on this one. Or if it's a particular workout that I know that I can't like, uh, military press like behind the shoulder or behind the, behind your head. For for try right? Uh no 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 for for shoulders. Oh, okay. It hits all three of the heads of the shoulder. I thought you meant these ones. No no no. But these ones. But it's all, yeah yeah the press. So, uh, it hits all three heads. It's a great workout, but that's what aggravates that injury for me. So I can't do those, which kind of sucks because they're really really, it's uh one of the better workouts you can do, but it's also a very very dangerous one because you can tear it's, something it's, real it's, easy. It's not a really a natural movement. So it's very awkward. Yeah. So if you're doing heavy weight, you have a lot on the line. You know I like to do the military uh, pull-ups, the ones behind. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. Behind. But yeah, it feels super awkward. Let me ask you something though, because uh, I, I was going through the same thing, uh, and I don't know if you feel the same way. But remember, I told you I was like, I'm so sick and tired of talking about 2019 and how I was in shape. Like, mm-hmm. do you ever? Do you ever? Does it ever cross your mind? Like, you want to stop? thinking about the time that you did do your transformation, but, like, I just want to get it out of the way and do it again now. That we don't got to talk about it anymore. I mean, it Like, would, like it, living in the past almost. It, it, it would be nice. I try not to um, walk down that path, you know, because it's kind of like, oh, here's the guy talking about his… Yeah, I don't like Here's, the, here's uh, Uncle Rico talking about his, exactly. you know, his 80, high school endeavors. 82. Yeah, you know, like, I don't want to be that person. Um, but when, like, I when I do get into these conversations like it's it's almost kind of like dude you're talking all this trash but look at how you're look how you look you know what mm. i'm saying like you don't look like you know what you're talking about so yeah. um i always like to kind of give some context to what i'm saying it's like hey like i wasn't always where i'm at now you know what i'm saying like i i've learned a lot and uh i don't i don't know everything but i mean you know do you like saying? do you think it's time to just maybe turn that switch back on and then 
Uh, you, you know, know well, I, I would say, yeah. I mean, that's why I started, you know, trying to eat cleaner last week and going on forward. I'm going to try to maintain that. I hope I hope you stick to it, man. I don't see I, I don't see why I won't, but yeah, me too. You know what I'm saying? I, I hope I don't wake up one day and say, now nah, it's all, I'm, I'm over it already. But you here's the I'm thing. Saying? You're going to, you're going to have those days where you wake up and feel like you don't want to do anything. You're going to, for sure, you're going to have those days because everybody has those days. Even people like, you know, Ronnie Coleman had those days, but they just did it anyway, right? Like they push yeah, through and, it, like and that's that's where I hope I find myself when those days arise that I can be like, okay, I'm over it. But but if you, know, you need a day, it, so. take a day. You know, yeah, cause, you say because I don't have any particular goal in mind other than just trying to slowly, you know, uh, tr- you know, have a transformation. I'm not trying to make this happen by okay, I have to have it done by August 22nd. You know, what I'm saying like mm. it's just I'll get there when I get there, and as things progress and I get more motivated and things, then you know that. Whatever, let's just say if I, there's a date that's in the cards I'm not aware about, you know, if I, my eventual date that I'll get to this transformation with the motivation I'll gain from every, every week, every day, every week of doing it, that date will start to come closer and closer because now I'm going to be more motivated to, you know, and not even motivated to make it happen. So you're just going to find the, the will to want to continue and the will to want to progress. So. Have you been with that like your whole life? And I'm talking like as a kid. What was your? Did you have a strong will, like to push through things? I would say yes. Whenever, whenever I want something, I'm not scared to put the work in to get it done. But I'm saying I'm talking like when you faced adversity. How did you react to it? Uh, I pushed through it, man. I'm just wondering because I've never asked you these questions. Uh, no, like uh, I mean, it's a good question. Um, I mean, I, at least. Me, th- I mean, people that know me might say otherwise, but at least in mine, in my world, whenever I have, whether it's, you know, an occupational goal, a financial goal, a physical goal, whatever it might be, you're going to come across points where you're going to have forks in the road and you're going to be forced to make a, you know, a decision, you know, or and we'll say this fork in the road is adversity, whatever it may be. I will usually, um, if taking the left route is going to be the easier route and it's going to delay what I want, I'm still going to choose the right route, taking the right path, you know, and okay, it's going to suck. It's going to be hard, whatever, but I got to get it done. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. that's, I don't usually have those moments where like, I just say I'm done. I'm throwing the talent. You know what I'm saying? Those, those, those moments are usually very far and if I do have them, it's for like 10 minutes. And then I'm like, what the hell am I thinking? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a very, uh, uh, when I make that decision, it's not a final written stone. This is, I'm done. I'm throwing the talent. It's, I already said I'm done. So I'm not going to, you know, my piece to be made with it. It's, what do you, what do you think that comes from? I couldn't tell you. Yeah, It's just always something that you've had. Uh, I, I would say in that regard, I guess I'm blessed, you know, that yeah. I, that I was uh, something that was kind of born with or, Maybe it was taught to me at some point in time too, you know, that I'm just not aware of. Uh, but yeah, like maybe did your parents have any impact on that? Did that impact? Did they impact you in some way? Obviously, ev- that's a stupid question, but I like maybe it's attributed to that because obviously every child's parents are going to impact them throughout their life, right? It usually dictates their their path. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would say yes, but it was more from a financial standpoint, you know, having the uh, the mental strength to get through some of the stuff, you know, because prior to my stepdad, you know, getting the employment that he has now, it, it wasn't always the 
smoothest ride. You know, there was a lot of uh, um, having to go without for some of the, not needs, but wants. The needs were always met, but a lot of the wants were just, hey, it's not in the cards right now, man. You know, got to give us time. And so, you know, I watched him do work really, really hard, crazy hours, going through his academy and working at night, going to the school by day. And then him ending up, you know, getting his, his, you know, working where he's working now. Uh, well, actually, I work with him too. And um, and so to me, it was kind of like there was always adversity in that in that regard, but he still made, he needed to do what needed to be done even when the hours, I mean, dude, I mean, working from like, we'll just say, I don't know if I remember the hours, but let's just say it was like 10, 11 o'clock at night to five, six in the morning, coming home, sleeping for a little bit, then going to school for the next eight hours and then having to study and then try to get sleep into there. I mean, that's, that's a grueling task for anybody, you know, that's willpower, you know, but yeah, exactly. So as I would say, maybe something like that, you know, for myself that was given to me in that regard, like, you know, it's, it's going to suck in the short term, but the long term the long term potential that comes from this is going to be worth the the next 7 8 months worth of hellacious grind you know what i'm saying and you know my parents are doing rather well now you know what i'm saying so um, it's always temporary and that's i always tell myself that when i'm in pain any type of pain physical mental i'm like dude it's just for the moment like it's going to end eventually you know so just push through it and be, might as well be positive about it um, but that a lot of that probably rubbed off on you without you even knowing it. Yeah, that's, that's why I asked you. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what do you attribute that to? Yeah, I mean, when I when you sit there and you know uh, make you call me out on it, and I was like, yeah, you know what, that I, mean, I, I would say you're right that that probably had more um, more effect on me than I was actually aware of in shaping the way I think at things that suck and things that are going to be hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I when I asked you that, I could tell you took a second to really think about it, and maybe you haven't thought about it like that before. You know, I don't know if you have. Have you? Uh, I, I've talked about it in other ways. We were talking about, um, you know, uh, working out and weight training and stuff and, and health prior to that. So I was trying to see if maybe there was something else, you know, but uh, that may have led to that aspect. But I think <clears throat> with what I just described that you can apply that to pretty much any type of adversity that one may overcome or that one may encounter you know what i'm saying and to, to overcome that so yeah that's why i was taking a minute to kind of think about it. i was like well no i would say that's probably the 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 adversity that i've i've seen personally that was eventually you know they they broke through the other end of the tunnel and uh and i i don't see why you can't apply that so maybe that's why where i acquired that you know type of drive from and seeing it played out recognizing it and i was already you know, I'm not. I wasn't an adult, but I was at an age where I can see this and 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 understand it. You know, I wasn't like eight years old when this all took place. I was uh, just getting into high school, already in high school, one of the two. So I was already, you know, um, had a, a an understanding of what was going on. So it's like, damn, that that was actually pretty pretty badass. You know, that 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 worked out in its way. So, I mean, yeah. How much how much time have you actually taken for yourself? How many times could you say that you've actually? sat back and really did some like true reflecting on yourself, which I think is a very important thing for people to do. I feel like every now and then you have to like sit back and uh, take some time to yourself and analyze, you know, where you're at, where you came from, where you want to go. I don't do it often. Um, at least having those significant 
uh, periods of self-reflection. Um, where I'm at now is I try to do that. I, I try to make that a subconscious thing uh, where it's it's always happening in the background. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <clears throat> because the, I would say that the last uh, major self-reflection I had was probably beginning of last year, uh, end of 2019. It was more of a. It was a relationship. Was it, uh, I was gonna say, was it due to something? Yeah, it was. It was a, re- a relationship thing, and I was just kind of like, look like, um, it. I'm always having the same results with some of my relationships, and it's, um, the the, the women that I was you know seeing, varied in their personalities and temperaments and stuff. So, it wasn't like I was dating the same person with a different face, mm. and yet I was having the same results I was like okay maybe it's time to look at myself and maybe I'm doing something that's leading to this thing and it's always a bitter pill to swallow you know what I'm saying because no one wants to see them like we're our our they the term like we're our harshest critic yeah we're our, we're our own worst critic and uh it's it's one thing but even when you're you're looking at yourself like you're thinking nah it can't just be me you know what I'm saying you ever you ever hear the saying uh if you're surrounded by assholes all day you're probably the asshole yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> like, if you if you think that every guy is an asshole, like, man, that guy's a fucking asshole, mm-hmm. or she was being an asshole to me, or why, you know, why is your day messed up? Because they were assholes. It's like, well, hold on, maybe you're the asshole. You know, <laughs> yeah. maybe that's why you're getting this, you know, this, this uh, effect. yeah, this effect from them and this reaction, this visceral reaction that's setting you off is maybe it's your, you know, maybe it's your demeanor that's mm-hmm. setting it off. And I, I say that because. I thought everybody else was the asshole when I was the asshole, you know. But yeah, it's it go that that's basically what you were saying, you know. Yeah. It had so, to be you. So, you know, I did some inward reflecting. I started reading some stuff on things like that and I uh, read a couple books about it and uh well, I would say that I've I don't know if it was luck. I'm sure it was I'm sure it was a combination of everything, you know, me doing myself reflecting, me finding the right person, you know, uh and me probably, um, I can't say eradicating uh, permanently some of the things that I would do, uh, but trying to keep the things, you know, it's, it's hard change. You can't expect, you know, change of, of of your being in an instant. You know what I'm saying? It, it takes time because this is who I was for 29 years. You know what I'm saying? 28 years. So it it's not like I was able to flip a switch and everything was going to be you know, changed instantly. So it takes progression. It still takes work. I, th- I think as a kid that you think that that's going to happen eventually. Someday you're just going to be an adult, right? But that's when you're a kid. But then you learn as you get older. It's never just overnight. It's always just a, a string of your 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 past encounters and experiences that mold you over time slowly. It's like baking a cake. You know, you just, you know, it takes time. You got to let it do its job and, you know, and with the analyzation, then then you start changing. Yeah, because, I don't know. I mean, you're not the same guy that I knew from, I mean, personality-wise, yeah. But, like, your morals and everything, your moral compass has changed since, you know, since we were younger, since we were in high school and prior to that, you know. You, you, you change and evolve over the years. You know, and that's one thing that I would hope a lot of people find themselves doing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, change is good. 
change isn't easy. It's good. It is good. People you are know, afraid of it, though. It, it's it's a scary thing, you know. Especially like I said, when I was going through that time in my life, and I was sitting there looking at myself, and I was sitting there dissecting, you know, all these potential areas that I wasn't being as efficient as I could have been. It's like, damn, like I am. Like maybe I'm the reason, you know. And no one wants to. You you don't want to see yourself at fault. No, I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and be like, you know what, I want to go. I'm happy to find the things that are wrong with me. You know what I'm saying? But it, if you want to change and you want to be, you want. Okay, let's just say, for instance, I would have did that whole thing and. What thing? It, like, like me, like having that self-reflection and I determined that, hey, you know, maybe it wasn't me. Okay, that's one thing. But to sit there and not even entertain the possibility that I could have been, you know, the the uh, contributing factor to, you know, my failed relationships. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think is a big thing, you know, because it's like if I'm not even willing to entertain that, then there's it. It's it could not ever change. Yeah, you won't ever change if you don't see it or the situation itself. You know what I'm saying? But I at least have to entertain the possibility that I could be that person that I don't want to see myself as. And then when you do this, like a true, I'm not just talking about like for a day. Like this was something that happened over a course of months, where I was sitting there reflecting and reading this literature and just being like, "Damn, that is me. Damn, that is me." You know what I'm saying? Like. That's not good. Maybe I should try changing this. You, you know, know what they, they call that the glass ceiling. You know, there's boundaries that you set for yourselves, but you don't realize that you're setting them for yourselves. And you're running into a glass ceiling, meaning you can't see you that can't there's see a barrier there. You know, so if you don't take the time to analyze and dissect yourself, like you said, you're not going to change if you don't find it. But that's weird that you say that because, I don't know, for me at least, when, I, when I'm able to, because you said it's not like you're going to be happy to find out all these things about yourself. Like maybe you're the asshole, right? Or that I'm the asshole. For me, I think that it does make me happy because I know that once I find them and well, figure out what it is, I can change it. Okay, so maybe not necessarily like, okay, like… Not happy, but like… It's 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 relieving. Yeah, okay, okay, like, okay, relieving. I would say relieving. I'm not happy to find it. But it's okay, look, at least I've identified an issue. Now the… I guess the satisfaction will come from me changing that issue. or You know what I'm saying? So… Mm -hmm. But it's not easy to see yourself as this, that, or the other. It's like, damn, like, I am that person. You know what I'm saying? Do you think, uh, you, think you were ever the villain? Did you ever have that role in, in your life? Or did you always more or less try to, like, do the right thing? Or, like, be the, be the nice guy? I, I'm taking a dramatic pause because I'm, cool, huh? I'm really trying to… Take all the time uh, you need. I'm, I'm really trying to… If I ever was the villain, it wasn't, at least in my opinion, it wasn't um, like a, a conscious decision to be that person. Intentional? I, I, yeah, like I, I I truly tried to be a decent individual. You know what I'm saying? Now, if I was ever the villain, then it, was, it wasn't be known to me. However, I do think it's worth mentioning that because people don't agree with or like a particular action that's taken doesn't mean that it was a wrong or villainous act to take. If that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Like you see that, you know, I'm going to go off on a little tangent and I, I, I really don't want to bring this up on the podcast. Go ahead. But, but uh, if you don't like it, we'll cut it. With No, no, no. It's just because I don't want to go down that realm. Uh, it's a very sensitive topic right now with law enforcement and the public. In my opinion, you know, pe those that are in law enforcement, they do, people don't really understand the job that's uh, that they're there to do, okay? I'll, I'll bring it back around to what I was talking about. But 
when people see on camera, whether it's body cam release footage or, it's, uh, you know, a private citizen out there recording it in the counter, which 100% legal, you can do that just FYI. You can record the police doing their job, you know, as long as you're not interfering with, the, with them doing their job. Um, however, when, they, when people see something they don't like, they automatically conflate that to being the wrong action to be taken. With no context. With, well, yeah, just like, well, context or not. It's just like, I don't like it, therefore it's wrong. It's like, well, that's... Sometimes they don't know the context, though. They see a guy in handcuffs and they automatically assume... Oh, they could see the, they could see the interaction from start so to you're, finish. You're talking I'm about with like, context. Just, yeah, they could sit there, they can watch it from the moment the person, the police got there to the moment they're, conclude, they're driving away. You can sit there and look at me like, I don't like how that officer handled it. Yet, because you don't like it, you think it's wrong, but in reality, you may just not like it, but it was an appropriate measure for what was taking place. You know what I'm saying? And so to bring that back to what I was saying is like, if I was ever the villain in something, just because a, a particular individual or individuals didn't like how I acted in a particular situation doesn't mean that I was wrong or I was doing it to be a villain. You just didn't agree with what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there are limits though. I feel like well, yes, act accordingly. Yes, of course. And that's why I'm saying like I was really trying to think if I was ever a situation where, you know, I was truly being a villain or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because there, uh, there are times where you can overstep your boundaries. And so it was never something that was done with forethought. You know what I'm saying? Where I was like, okay, I'm going to go intentionally be an asshole. You know, and I'm granted I'm an asshole, but I do it and I try to do it in a humorous way. You know what I'm saying? Versus like just strictly being like, dude, that dude's a prick. Well, you're you know blunt. I remember yeah. uh, when I started noticing that about you when we were younger, and I'm talking a long time ago. Uh, I, w- I, w- I would always tell people, it's like, yeah, he's blunt, but I like that. You know, he w- he never BS'd you. That's why I always went to you for criticism. Because I knew you were going to just shoot me straight. Shoot it to me <clears throat> straight, you know? I, I That's who I am still. However, when I'm trying to be... Uh, well, okay. For well, lack of a better word, blunt. Tasteful. Yeah, I don't want to sit there and... You know, like for instance, let's say it was a song you put out today. And you slaved over the song for the last two months, you know? And then here I come with my opinions, and I'm like, dude, this is trash. Like, what the hell were you doing for the last two months? Blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's it might be something that needs to be heard, just not in that particular way. You know, like, I can sit there and tell you that there could be changes that, in my opinion, that could be made without crushing you and putting, putting you know, making the last two months of your work feel like it was for nothing. You know what I'm saying? So I try to carry myself in that fashion where I can still try to convey my opinion and I guess in still some way still be blunt but do it where I'm not sitting there actually making you feel like trash. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why I try to carry myself so like if those of you that know me like oh in the comments will be like hey you know John over here talking he's never done that and I can think of this scenario this scenario this scenario I would like to think granted because I can't remember every encounter or you know conversation I've ever had that it, in my opinion, it wasn't done with, you know, uh, malice intention. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think it's just different for everybody, though. Because some people, the reason you're saying that you can't be as blunt is because there are certain people who, yeah, it would crush them. You know, like if they did put in those those X amount of months into the, uh, a particular craft, and then here you come over there. When they ask you your honest opinion, and most, you know, a lot of people genuinely ask for an honest opinion on whatever it is that they created, right? And when they get the answer that they don't want to hear, some people can't take that criticism. Um, so it kind of forces you to, to 
pick and choose your words when you are criticizing somebody versus somebody like me. If you do call, if you call it, because you're not calling me trash, you're saying that what I created was trash, right? But for me, it, it, it wouldn't matter because at least I know the truth, right? And I would just be like, well, there's something that I have to change, and I'd rather hear the truth, you know? Well, so there's a couple points. I'd I don't like, like to beating make around the bush. No, I, I I don't think that serves anybody any good purpose, you know, when. When people put their their craft out, we'll just use you know you in the sense because of music, you know it's 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 easy to talk about. You know your people that know you know you make music. If I were to tell you, you know, th- there's a, there's a lot of different truths. Like to me, it might be garbage, and the next ten people might think it's great. You know what I'm saying? I'm just one individual, uh, but I could I don't have to be a dick about it. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to be, I don't have to like kick you while you're down, you know, because you you slaved over this, we'll say the song for two, three months. You got a heart. That's all it is. Here it is. I come through and I tell you what I, what I think about it. And in some way you're still reaching out for recognition. You're still reaching out for approval. You know what I'm saying? So like, you're hoping that I'm going to be like, yo, dude, this is a banger. Actually, when I ask, I kind of hope for you, (laughs) like there's a part of me that's like, just say it's trash. Come on, admit it. You know, no, but so the reason I like being meaning I don't have confidence in it. Well, that's something that you're gonna have to figure out yeah, on your own. But you know, for me, it's just kind of like okay, I could get my point. I I want I like establishing establishing that I can be blunt because to me, then when I do say, hey, I actually like this, then that means hey, you know what, this dude has told me my other stuff has been trashed before. So actually, at least with this particular visual. I, I know that he's not just telling me what I want to hear, that I can actually, kind of like the doctor thing. You know, I've told you plenty of times that you're not dumb and stupid and you've held yourself, your head, in, you know, down the dirt for, with your intellect. Oh, and she and told me she, that And thing. she told you that, you know, go pursue education. Like mm. You're a smart individual. And you're like, it, it's a, it was a source of validation. So me being, it, it's kind of the same for me. Me being, I guess, blunt and not sugarcoating things. When I do say, hey, this thing's a banger, it's like, okay, I know it's a banger. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I know at least from this guy, he's not telling me. Maybe other people might not think it's good, but I know at least if he had anything to say, he would have said it. Therefore, what he's telling me now is he's he means it. Yeah, you're, not just, just, you're not a yes man. Exactly. I And I hate that too because you never know when they're being real with you or not because it's like, you feel like every no matter what you do, they're just going to be on your side, you know? Kind of like a mother. <laughs> you know, like no matter what you do, you're always their kid and… No matter what you do in their eyes, you're gonna. It's gonna be good. You know, it was, it's actually funny you mentioned that. I want my mom not to be that mom. I was like, if I mess up, I want you to hold me accountable. You know, what I'm saying like it's important. Just because I'm your kid doesn't mean I can't be a monster. Just because I'm your kid doesn't mean I can't do terrible things. You yeah, know look what I'm at saying? Dahmer's and parents. Who? Dahmer. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like Jeffrey I'm not Dahmer. saying I'm not saying she's never. You know, I'm not saying don't love me, but you can definitely not like me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that You know, I would say whatever ill feelings, it's my fault that I put my mother in that predicament to have those feelings toward me. So if I mess up, <laughs> hold, you know, put my feet to the fire. Well, you know? I don't know. though. I feel like parents shouldn't be friends of their children for a while, at least until they can instill some type of morals. And yeah, like, please don't be this way. You know, don't be a, a piece of shit. Your whole life. And then once you instill that stuff into them and it's kind of hammered into their head, when they're in their like 20s and stuff, then start, you know, developing that friendship with them, you know. But like as when you're 
raising your kids, I feel like you need it needs to be known that, hey, I'm here to guide you and that I'm not here to be your friend, you know, because not everybody's going to be your friend. There's a fine I, line. I, I agree a, a thousand percent, you know, that the parents role. And I, I feel that it's a it's a particularly very touchy subject because it's very touchy because, you know, parents. I mean, I'm not a parent, so I don't know what, what it's like to have that real, real like unconditional love for another human being like that. But it, it seems to me that when, you know, kids are going to have friends. You know, I mean, for the most part, kids are going to have friends, you know. They don't need you to be that friend. They need you to be that that beacon of wisdom. They need you to be the judge, jury, and executioner, so to speak. They need you to be that unwielding hand to give them the skills to to, to navigate through life. And, oh, and like, you, like I mentioned, I think the very first podcast that we had with Jordan Peterson's book, like he talks about like, you don't want adults to be around your kids with fake smiles. You want, you know, the smiles that adults give to your children to be genuine because then that means they like your kid. And let's say, for instance, you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company or, you know, or, you know, your music production. Maybe my kid wants to be a music producer, but if you don't like my kids, you're not going to be willing to sit there and teach them some of the things that you know because when they're around, you can't stand them and you're just counting down the minutes until you're not around them. You know, so my kid loses out on an opportunity to learn from someone that could actually open doors or teach them a thing or two, you know. And then, of course, the older the kid gets, the more influence they have from others and your grasp on maintaining their control because you don't want to keep your kid locked in the living room. You know, they're not going to develop any sort of social skills and things of that nature. will be socially awkward whenever they do get released into the wild. You know, so you want your kids to go out there and meet other people, but it's like now they're getting influenced from a trillion other areas versus you being the sole, you know, proprietor of their intellectual development. You know what I'm saying? So I, I truly don't think that it's a place of a parent to be their friend. You know, like you said, I think it's great that, you know, you mentioned you want children to be friends with their parents after they become an adult, you know, where as a parent, you're not going to have any sort of... um uh, control over their actions, you know? And I, I think here's why it is a f- such a fine line and it's it's easy to really mess that relationship up with your kid and uh, close the doors of communication because, yeah, you want to establish that, like you said, you're you're the beacon of wisdom for them and like here, I'm, I'm here to here to raise you and I'm here to uh, guide you in the right direction and and point out, you know, your flaws and everything and how to correct them, you know? And I think, I like I said, it's a fine line because you still want them to come to you when they need something and when they're struggling uh, with in any capacity, <clears throat> a relationship, you know, uh, academic, whatever it may be. But if you are too hard on them, they're going to be afraid to come to you. So it's like you have to it's find that. Balance. Yeah, you have to find that middle ground where they still feel comfortable coming to you and not fearful that with what you're coming to them with, they're going to, you're going to, you know, stigmatize them for it and yell at them and, and belittle them. Cause a lot of parents have that tendency, you know, like, oh, you dumbass, like this and that. You shouldn't be doing, like, you have to come at them a certain way in order for them to be able to open up to you. Cause teenagers, I know I was, I didn't want to tell my parents anything. You know, I, I didn't want to go to them with my problems. It's always awkward, right? So to establish that line of communication with them is like super important, but it's tricky. Like, how do you do it? There's no instruction manual. 
you know, that says this, this, and that. This is how you do it. It's just you got to figure it out on your own. And every kid is different. And every style of parenting is different. You know, because oftentimes they just learn from their parents. Yeah. Uh, I know this guy. We are talking. <clears throat> we were talking in uh, a few weeks back, maybe a month or so ago now. And he was talking about one of his stepchildren. And uh, he was just kind of like, hey, when we're at the house where you're not my stepchild, I'm not your stepdad, you're my son, I'm your dad, like, we're a family, right? Well, he said as his, his stepson got older, um, he said he didn't throw the around, you're not my dad, too often. But this particular time that he did, and squared up to him. And he's like, I knocked him on his ass. And some might say that's kind of, you know, borderline child abuse. And I was like, yeah, it depends how you look at it. But to me, and this ties into what you're talking about. He taught him a valuable lesson. He picked him up and says, look, whenever you step to a man like that, you better be expecting to fight. What I took from that was, well, he taught this boy a valuable lesson. Because if he were to figure this out, he steps up to a dude out in the streets and gets knocked out. There's no referee. He was in a controlled environment. I'd yeah. rather have him yeah. there yeah. than out that, in the that's streets. That's what I'm saying. So get killed. That's my point. It takes one one good blow to the head and it's lights out forever. You know what I'm saying? So to me, he taught his son a valuable lesson that, hey, you step to a man, you better be ready for the punch. And you know? also, you're not going to be that kid walking around like we see millions of kids walking around as the bully, yapping, just yeah. running their mouth because no one knocked them out. Like they're just walking around reckless because no one taught him that lesson exactly and so when i when you said earlier just a little bit ago about you want to you don't want to sit there and call your kid a dumbass to me it's like look i'd rather i would rather be the bad guy now and then you have to find this out in an uncontrolled environment and i feel that sometimes that's a price that a person has to pay as a parent or you know what like so you're saying it's cool to call him that? No, sometimes? no, 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 no. I'm saying is if it, you don't even have to go into that type of vocabulary, yeah. you know, to to establish a point. What I'm trying to say is, it's it's even if your kid's going to come to you and try to confide in you with something that they may have done or what's going on, and they may not like, and they may not like what you're going to tell them. I feel it's that's a price you pay as a parent. I might lose a couple cool points with my kid right now, but I'm going to show him or her that that what they did was wrong. And let them know that I'm here for them, but it's that I do whatever it be, or you know what I'm saying. Like I was taking it in a in a in a sense to where it was like a bad thing that the kid did and didn't want to tell their parents, you know. It gives it to me. It's like you know what? I'll I'll bite that bullet. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it'll I'll, it'll come around later. But as long as my kid's a better person for it, then that's that's a price I'm gonna have to pay. You yeah, know what I, I'm saying? I just think it's super super important to make sure that your child or children are very comfortable knowing that they can come to you, even with stuff that's awkward, you know, like sex oh, or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Because if, if they're going to listen to anybody, it's, it, it, should, be your, it should be your parents, but oftentimes it's not. You know, they usually take advice elsewhere. But I think it's very important to catch, catch that problem before they take it out in the world and try and, you know, granted, you got to let your kid learn. But at the same time, you, you should be advising them you know, and giving them the best advice you can. And what they do with that knowledge is up to them. At least you know, and that that you put that in their head, you know. Because kids are going to do what they want to do. I know I did what I wanted to do, and there was no stopping me, you know. And and luckily, I had my head on my shoulders enough to where I didn't ruin my life. Uh, but I could have very easily, you know. But I also do attribute that to because I had parents or a father that I was scared of, you know. Actually, I had two of them. 
I had a, a stepfather and a real dad that I was, you know, I couldn't mess it, up. You know, I don't ever want to be referred to as a parent that's they're scared of, but I do want there to be an unwavering sense of respect. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, wait till your dad gets home, and then all of a sudden you're sitting there trembling. And, I was you know, that kid. Like, I was like, yeah, like, he's going to kill me. I, I I feel that it that's see it's 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 weird because like I feel in some cases that's a necessary hat to wear and I know I think for a kid like me it was you know well but I think it's I think it's there it, it's applicable to more than just like you know honestly yourself I, I know you're not speaking just in reference to yourself but I feel like that applies to a lot more people than people want to give it credit for you know like yeah everyone's different but I do you know dude it's like we're in a world of cause and effect. We're in a world that every action you take has a consequence, good or bad. And if you don't have people that are going to sit there and tell you when you mess up, when you go out to the real world thinking that what you do, you're doing is acceptable, no, if we'll, we'll take it down the course of law. They're the judge ain't going to care, you know. Like, yeah, the judges are trying to be. They're going to be, you know, they're trying to be. They're trying to give you the, dis- I guess, the discipline Justice. that they need, but they're also not trying to crush you. But they want you know? to justify it, though. Like, they want to look at it. Exactly. So, it's like, it's it's a lot less forgiving when you walk out the door. You know what I'm saying? As an adult. Like, when you're 17. No, no yeah. The real world. Yeah. No, it's, one, it's, no it's, one cares. Like, it, your parents yeah, care. Exactly my point. So, I feel that as a parent, it's a a crappy situation to have to be that person, but I feel that it's extraordinarily necessary to get them ready. Like, Hey dude, look like this could have went a lot worse for you. You're still in trouble or whatever. But when you get out, when you're outside this door, whatever you do wrong, the consequences I feel are amplified. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if you just like the way, like, let's say you have one of those kids that just talks back to their parents. Like I'm talking like, dude, I can't believe that kid's talking to his parents like that. Yeah. And then that person goes out and does that at a bar. Like like on a scared straight, you've seen that show. I don't know if that's the way that I would approach. <laughs> no, no, but the but, way those kids talk to their parents. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, you just just little little shits. So you know say they saying? go to a bar. Sorry, continue. And they do that to someone else, and this person has not a care in the world what's going to happen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm not saying go around being scared of people. I'm just saying to know that what you say can have an effect that you have no control over. Just conduct yourself. In a manner where, yeah, somebody's not going to want to beat the shit out of you. You're, let's say it's... Don't, um, don't be the cause of the conflict. Yeah, let's say I'm the kid and you're the person. And yeah. you're just having a terrible day. It's like, this one thing goes wrong. You're going you're gonna to lose your control. of The uh, chili soda guy. Yeah, and you, you're a chili soda man. And all I ask you is <laughs> if, if, if that's chili soda and you get right into your face, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know what's going on in people's lives. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and you don't want to find out the hard way. You know, and I feel like a parent's job is to teach your kid to be respectful, reasonable. And that way, when they go out into the world, they're not sitting there being the fire starter, starting all the damn fires and conflicts. And then, like, oh, well, it was his fault to do what you see. Like, I, okay. I'm going to go back to law enforcement a little bit. You see the videos of people, you know, fuck you, pig, bitch, you can't do this, blah, 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 blah. And then the cop does something. Oh, well, you know, I granted, the cop's not, the cop was, depending on what was done, Cop can't touch you for you calling them names. It's not illegal to call anybody a name, right? But you forget these people are also human. Now, whether the cops lose a job, that's one thing or another. But it's just like, dude, 
I'm surprised it took him that long to do that. Like, imagine doing that somewhere else. That's why I could never be a cop because I would snap. I'd be like, sorry, you know, but yeah, I'm a human and you're making me really mad right now. You know, that's how, how could you not be expecting somebody to hit you? Like, and it's never cool to hit a woman, but like, <laughs> I was watching Baby Boy and she socked him in the head and it was the scene where like he cheated on her or something like that. And uh, she socked him in the head and then she started getting all up in his face. He's like, yeah, what's up, motherfucker? Like, you ain't gonna do shit. Like, you ain't gonna hit me. You ain't crazy. And then he fucking backhands her and she's all, like, she yeah. was surprised that he did that. But it's like, you're fucking, at, you're literally asking for it. Mm -hmm. And then when you, when it happens, you're surprised. And I feel like that's how kids go out into the world who exactly. haven't been taught a lesson. That, that, that's my point. Exactly. It doesn't exist in their head that that, re that consequence is even a factor. Mm -hmm. You know, and for a lot of kids, it's just their world and you're in it. Exactly. They don't, they don't keep in mind like, yeah, this person's feelings or what they went through or how bad of a day or that, yeah, it is possible that somebody will fuck me up because I'm not indestructible. Because a lot of kids have a, a like an indestructible type of mentality. Yeah, yeah, I was one of them. You know yeah, what I'm me saying? too. So, so it's every like, kid was. And so it, that's that's my point. Saying that's why not I every kid. That's I brought up that law enforcement thing because you see it all the time. Just they're sitting there, and then it's like, yeah, you you see the uniform and you expect a robot, and then but it's a human with a beating heart, their own mind, their own you know set of problems. Granted, a lot of them though conduct themselves as robots. So I mean, our perception of them it, may be that. <laughs> There, dude, it's having experience in it. There's so many factors. We can have a whole podcast dedicated to that. Like, yeah. it, there's there's so many things that come into play that people aren't aware of. I will tell you firsthand, you do not want cops as robots. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're, cause then the human element is missing. Have you seen AI? Well, no, I'm just, well, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying, like. But you don't, but you, there's, the human element is gone. The, the The empathy that I would show towards you no longer exists. I'm not going to sit there and try to understand your situation. Believe it or not, at least here in California, I can't speak on behalf of other states, it is mandated by law that cops have to operate on spirit of the law. What does that mean? So you got spirit of the law and letter of the law. Spirit, of, it, it's, I think it's PC4, but basically what it means is like, if I come up to, I don't, let's say I, I was in the store behind you, uh, I was buying, I was on patrol and I was buying a Gatorade or something like that and I see you put candies in your pocket. Um, and I catch you and I could take you to jail for petty theft. It's a, it's a, you know, uh, unrestable offense. Or I could just be like, you know, the, the store owner's like, Hey dude, you caught him. I really don't want, I don't want him in the store anymore, but I, you don't got to take him to jail. Now it's up to me to decide whether or not I want you to take you to jail. And I could be like, look, dude, you know, I can walk you through the whole steps and be like, okay, I'm gonna let you go. Spare the law or letter the law being, no, if the law says you do this, it's an arrestable offense. Therefore, I'm taking you to jail. For There's that. a lot of both of that in the world. And, and that's what you want, though. But if you have robots, that to me, the ability to… By the it, book it, is what it's going to be. It's what's going to be. And you're going to find… You know, I don't know if it's happened to you. It's happened to me. Like, and this is pre-law enforcement. I got… I was… I'll give you an example. I was… I can't even tell you the amount of times it happened to me. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, my point being, and it's like, look, I was… I stopped at… Uh, I was driving Sean's truck. I had just moved back from Arizona the first time in 2008. And I went to go with, I took Andrew with me to go pick up his brothers. And, you know, right there at the high school where people used to pick up their kids, but there's big ass, mm. you know, red mark saying fire lane, don't park. Well, they were heavily enforcing it. And me not knowing, I park right there. Sanger PD on the bike pulls up behind me to pull over. And we start talking and he lets me go. The bald dude? 
I don't remember who he had his. He never took his helmet off, so I don't know what his name is. But or if that was the guy. My point being though is he could have very easily written me a ticket for parking in the fire lane. Let me go. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if he was having a good day. I don't know if it was because I was respectful and courteous. I don't know what the factors were. At the end of the day, he could have easily issued me a citation for doing that. Chose not to. If you have robots doing that, the law says don't do this. You do it. Letter of the law, you're, I'm scratching you a ticket for it. Press hard three copies type thing. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's there's uh, people forget there's people in the uniform. That, that's, that's my point. You mm-hmm. know, you don't want robots. Mm-mm. You you want to to be able to sit down and come and have an you know a cop have an understanding of you know sometimes they're gonna do what they got to do regardless and they're gonna hear you out you know they're not dude we're not out there you know trying to take people to jail every day you know what I'm saying like that's part of the job it's an ugly part of the job you know but it, it is what it is time and place man some people need it I, I want to say people yeah uh, granted yeah there's people that need it for sure. But it's also not like they're out there trying to, okay, today I, I got to go arrest. I got 10 more people I got to arrest before I can call it, call it quits today. It's mm-hmm. not like that. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's been an hour and a half. Damn. So, I know. I mean, we can continue on this this topic again. Because I, I do want to share a story uh, about right, that. We'll and like, wrap it up and we'll get to it. The leniency that some some cops do show in certain cases, right? So, well, we're, we're going to wrap it up on that and I'll con- we'll continue. Um, that was a good podcast though. It, it flew by. Yeah, uh, I feel I feel a little bit better now that we got to talking and everything because I uh I, I wasn't very chatty uh, when you got here. But um, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, if you guys enjoyed the content here, uh, please like and subscribe uh, and share and hit that bell for notifications. I always I always forget to say that in the beginning. Like and subscribe. <laughs> That's but uh, this has been another episode of the PO3 podcast. Uh, we hope you guys have a good week and had a good weekend. Uh, my name is Marcus Mark. All right, just John. Y'all have a good one. Later.